Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty Network. And today, going to be a little bit different. Sometimes life happens. You have to adjust, pivot, and uh, do what you can in order to deliver on your obligations. And yes, publishing an episode every single Monday on the Lions of Liberty Network feed and on my solo Finding Freedom feed is indeed an obligation, not that someone else has put on me, but one that I've put on myself and uh, one that I choose to to deliver on every single week for the past X number of years. What, seven years, eight years? I can't even remember anymore. But this is episode 407 of Finding Freedom. So I've been at this for a while. I have systems in place in order to get interviews out. But sometimes things happen and you have to adjust. Um, What happened to my life this week is had a death in the family. Um, My uncle passed away a, a few days ago. So I was unable to get an interview together, unable to get a solo show together. But what I was able to do is find an awesome episode that I totally forgot about where I appeared on another podcast. It's called the Unwiring Minds Podcast, and I talked about reinvention through resilience. You might ask, how did you forget about a podcast you were on? Well, let me explain to you. Sometimes podcasts, they record episodes months in advance, and I appeared on this, or I, I was interviewed, excuse me, I was interviewed for this podcast back in like April or May, or maybe earlier than that, sometime in the spring, and it just published in September, so not that long ago. Um, it's Like I said, it's the Unwiring Minds podcast. The show is called Reinvention Through Resilience, and I listened back to it again, and honestly, pretty happy, pretty happy with, uh, with how it turned out. I think I did a pretty good job explaining, really, my journey through podcasting and how I really evolved through um, Felony Friday into Finding Freedom and the relation between people who have been to prison and those who have found success in other parts of life, entrepreneurship, starting businesses, things of that nature. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. I don't want to talk any longer and take away from it. So one more thing I will say, join the pride. If you like our bonus content, just did an episode with uh, Brian, Rico, JB of Conspiracy Corner, where we talked about Iron Mountain. So if you want to hear that, join the pride, patreon.com slash lionsofliberty, lionsofliberty.locals.com. Check it out. 
And without further delay, here is my interview on the Unwiring Minds podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Unwiring Minds. This is Raquel Pazbergia, your host, and today we have John Ottermatt with us. He is the host of Finding Freedom and the co-founder of Lines of Liberty Network, and he's here today to talk to us about the reinvention we can make through resilience. So I'll let you get right to it. Yeah, Raquel, thanks for having me on the show. Really looking forward to uh, getting to uh, talk to your audience today. And yeah, so reinvention through resilience. And to be perf- perfectly honest, this is something that really I've only started thinking about within the past few months here. And you know what, what's what's informed that is I've been a podcaster for seven years, more, more than seven years. And the first five plus years of that was spent almost exclusively interviewing people who have been to prison. I've interviewed more than 200 felons, people who've been to prison for drug crimes, for murder for almost anything you can imagine. Some people unjustly, um, but others who would you know, rightfully admit that they definitely deserve to, to spend time in prison. Um, and even the ones who were there unjustly, many of them, most of them will admit that they were not on the right path. And actually going to prison um, helped to change, uh, change them as a person, change, change who they are. And so these common traits that I've noticed and I changed up my podcast. It used to be called Felony Friday um, for you know for the first five years, and I changed it up uh, the name to Finding Freedom right around the COVID pandemic when things were getting kind of crazy with lockdowns. And I, I just wanted to talk to people, you know, who were experiencing really just um, in different in different ways, but just the the uncertainty of that moment and how they were responding to it, um, you know. Everyday people, business owners, entrepreneurs, faith leaders, um, things like that. So, and I, I did not think that I would come to this connection and bring these two topics together when I started doing this. I did not have this planned out. It's so funny. So many times in podcasting, um, things just kind of um, end up have a way of just finding finding a path, and you know, finding uh, you know, finding really your message. Um, yes. um, the, the longer you go. So as I started to talk to. Um, entrepreneurs and people who were just dis- disrupting different spaces, I started to realize these common traits. And I'll first go back and talk about those who have been to prison. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions um, with people who have been to prison in that, you know, they don't think that they can, uh, you know, come back from it. They might think that they're sort of lost souls, you know, people who are, um, you know, don't have any any chance of contributing right. at, at a later date to to uh, to society, and that, that that's really it's really a shame. And um, you know, one of my greatest takeaways from that time of talking to those individuals is these are awesome people who have a lot to offer this world, and mm-hmm. really the transformation that many of them go through while in prison can be um, very beneficial for them and for society. That's not to say that prison doesn't have its problems. There's a lot of problems yeah. with the prison system. The criminal justice system is broken. We're not talking about that today. Um, if you want to hear about that, you can go back and listen um, to, to some of those episodes where, where we dive into uh, just how broken the criminal justice system is. But what, what I came to find, and I'll, I'll give a couple examples. Um, one of the first interviews I did, this was years and years ago. I've interviewed him uh, another time since then, a, uh, a guy by the name of Cos Marte. And Cosmarte went to prison um, for dealing drugs. Um, he was dealing drugs in New York City. Um, 
you know, after the fact, this is before Uber, but, you know, he's, he referred to himself after the fact as the Uber of drug deal. And he had it set up, you know, with, with cell phones and beepers where he could be on the corner and you could get your drugs conveniently. He was an excellent entrepreneur yet in a, in an illegal space in, in a black market space, ended up going to prison. And as what happens with, you know, many people, many people that I interview who've done time in prison, um, initially when you get there, you know, it's, you're down in the dumps. Um, things, your outlook is not good. The first couple years or couple months or, or whatever it may be are, are, are not are not necessarily um, a good reflection on, on, on them as a person. And maybe there's some bad decisions, getting into fights, things like that. But Koss came to a realization um, at the time he was extremely overweight. He was unhealthy. And you know he'd been told that if he did not change his eating habits, if he did not start exercising while in prison, um, that he was going to die. He was probably going to die within the next 10 years, and meaning that he would maybe die in, in prison. So pretty pretty eye-opening uh, revelation for anybody, I think. But what he did is he took action. Um, and that's really the first commonality between people who've been to prison and found success and changed themselves and entrepreneurs is taking action. I mean, we, we get caught up in our everyday world here on the outside that yes. we get in our own sort of mental prison, right? Like just repetitive days over and over doing the same thing. I fall into the same exact trap and taking action. So, so how did Cosmarte take action? Well, he started, you know, setting himself in a routine into a schedule. He would run around the yard every day. He would start doing body weight exercises. He would, he would start lifting weights. He would exercise in his cell. Soon as he was doing this, other prisoners realized, gosh, you're, you're getting in shape. You know, you're, you're starting to look healthier. People started working out with him. He started leading like little workout groups and classes. And sure enough, he ended up losing weight, getting in great shape. Sure enough, he gets out of prison and he doesn't know what he's going to do. He's, he's, he's kind, kind of lost, um, but he keeps working out. He keeps, he keeps at his health. He keeps at his fitness and he starts working out in the park. Sure enough, people in the park start seeing him working out. Who is this guy? What are these exercises he's doing? Yeah. He's doing basically prison workouts in a New York City park. So people start asking if they can work out with him. They start working out with him. He starts conducting classes in the park. I mean, this is it's really cool stuff. Um, he ends up opening his own gym. Now, he did have a little bit of uh, financial backing from, I forget the name of the uh, of the. Uh, entrepreneur who, who started this, but it's essentially a, um, you know, a funding source that helps felons, people who've been to prison to launch their businesses, to become entrepreneurs. And I'm totally blanking on the name of I've, I've interviewed them. I can't, can't remember yes. her name. Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, so he ends up opening his own gym and becomes incredibly successful in New York city, opens up several different gyms. And I said, I interviewed him again. I ended up reaching out to him again after COVID because I've been following him and his business model and the success. And I noticed he totally changed it with COVID. And it couldn't be, I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. And this kind of like is that overlap right here in one person, an overlap between a felon and an entrepreneur, a leader, an, an innovator. Um, a lot of people, when when COVID hit, what happened? We kind of just, you know, we went back on our homes. We started feeling bad for ourselves. You know, maybe we started drinking too much. And, uh, you know, our, our health went, went by the wayside. Um, a lot of people who own businesses, maybe, maybe they own gyms. Well, they, they shut the door and thought, nothing I can do. You know, the government told me I, I can't have a business. So I guess I'll just sit here and just wait till they tell me I can open up. What did Costa Marte do? He immediately transitioned his business from being in person to being online. 
and start having online classes and change changed his business model almost overnight because he'd he'd been through that reinvention before. He'd been he'd fought through that resiliency in prison and then getting out of prison, being able to build up a business. So that I mean that's just kind of kind of one taste of you know what it takes to to reinvent yourself. And I think almost everybody can or should reinvent themselves at some point. Absolutely. I think that that's a very inspiring story as well for all the people that get out of prison or that in general maybe have been in a mentality that they're learning how to grow again. And I think that it's a great inspiring story to know, hey, like I can get myself together and through resilience, through uh, maintaining a determined mindset, I can get to the goals that I that I put myself to. And even if they're things that sound like they're so far away, when people get started in those routines that you were saying that he began um, inside the prison and then outside as well, I think that it's also just very important to just try. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that attempt is worth so much. And I think that not as many people think that. And so a question that I think that the listeners may be having right now, as well as myself, is why did you switch so abruptly to entrepreneurs? And how did you find this relationship between entrepreneurs and the felons? Well, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. It was mostly entirely selfish reasons why why I switched. Um, I've become a lot more passionate about entrepreneurship, about, you know, finding ways to create alternative passive income, additional income streams. Um, so I, I wanted to talk to people in in that space and who had been able to find success in that space. So um, th- that was mostly it. And also, it, like I said before, you know, we were going through a once in a lifetime event and I wanted to have like a small little piece of like documenting that event of how certain people navigated it within either their lives or their business in their communities. Um, you know, not that I, you know, began to care less about the, the plight of felons and our criminal justice system. I definitely still do interview felons, and I always will continue to because I, I think the the lessons we can learn are, are are so vitally important, and their voices, you know, deserve to be heard. And the criminal justice system is still is still entirely broken. Um, but that that's essentially why. And I mean, and when I started to see. These commonalities. It was just—it's just been like a mind-blowing experience, and I've started to go back and listen to some of these episodes. And it's crazy when you listen to something, or when you interview someone, and you're looking at it from like one perspective, um, you miss things. But then you know, years go by, and you go back and you listen again, and you can have like a totally new take on on an interview on on someone's message. And that's—I mean—that's one of the great things about podcasts is that. You know, so many podcasts are are evergreen. Your, your podcast is is evergreen. I mean, these episodes, sure, there might we might talk about current events and things that are happening, but somebody can come ten years from now and find this episode and take something away from it that applies to yeah. their life right then, which which I think is absolutely incredible. Absolutely, I agree with that. I've, I've never thought of it like that, but now that you've mentioned it, like the fact that we can go back and even like. And things that, um, even if it's more recent, like there's episodes that were released last year that maybe seemed to the like they were related to current events, but I think mm-hmm. that still apply to today. And hopefully that's the case for 10 years. And sort of how did that help you um, in terms of this these changes that you went through? Yeah, so I, I think the biggest thing, and, and this is also one of the common traits between felons and really top top performers, people who are innovators, is that they are optimistic, but not only optimistic, just like, 
oh, you know, I, I, I feel good. Today's going to be a great day. But having a vision for for where where you're going and not allowing you know the circumstances of your reality, very real when you're in prison, very real if you're in solitary confinement, the uh, you know the circumstances of that moment, you can't change that. But you can have a vision of getting out of prison, of seeing your family, of you know reuniting with loved ones, of having an opportunity to start a new life. Um, you know, I've talked to I, I talked to uh, a felon recently who, when they were in prison, eating prison food and even just you know, cooking in their prison cell. You know, a lot of people don't know that when people are in prison, they do cook meals in their prison cell. Some of them sound disgusting, but um, this gentleman I talked to got good at you know making things in the cell that people enjoyed and got out of prison. Had this vision he wanted to have his own catering service. He first got a job in a restaurant, working in a restaurant, and uh, sure enough, built up the trust of the owner over time, where they allowed him to open and close. And uh, the restaurant was only open a few days a week. It had, it had small hours. He approached the owner, said, "What if I do a pop up restaurant out of your restaurant in the in the afternoon, evening, you know, from from four to eight, and, and we can do catering?" The owner agreed. So he started this this pop up restaurant. And you know, I've I've kind of learned from this and from the people I've interviewed that, you know, in your own personal life and also in the world that we live in, we we become so conditioned on Twitter or Facebook or you know on even you know making TikToks or or, uh, or reels that that you know we just want to complain, complain, you know, complain about our situation. But well, I guess TikTok and reels are kind of different because I think criticizing is is one thing but criticizing through creating and you can kind of do that with you know reels and and uh, and tiktoks but you can also do that you know in your in your own situation by starting a business if you have an idea for uh, a product um, that's going to disrupt an industry um, criticizing through creating and i'll just i'll just give one more quick uh anecdote here of a really recent interview i had which is this really cool product interviewed an entrepreneur um who has a tortilla chip and you might think, oh, a tortilla chip. There's millions of tortilla chips. Who cares? Well, did you know that there are no tortilla chips that are fried in grass-fed beef tallow? Essentially, all tortilla chips are either fried in seed oils, which are typically not very good for you, inflammatory right. properties, things like that. Um, or they just taste like cardboard because I don't know what they're doing with them, but they're yeah. not very good. So Masa Chips, um, Steve Arena, the founder, um, he was out to to dinner with friends. This is like not long ago. This was like this past New Year's. And his friends were eating tortilla chips. And he's like, oh, I'm not having those. Those are fried in seed oils. You know, one of his friends said, well, why don't you start a company that you know, you know, know, has tortilla chips fried in, grease, in uh, grass-fed beef tallow? And sure, you know, we're all in circumstances like that, right? Where someone's like, oh, yeah, why don't you? That idea you have, why don't you do it? 99.9% .9 of the time, never happens. Steve turned around, put wheels in motion, um, found people to surround himself with to actually make this thing happen. And Masa Chips, I mean, he has a growing business now just months later. Um, sure, they're making the chips by hand now. They're still, you know, working out how they're going to, you know, manufacture at scale and all that stuff. But that's problems with any business. But taking that action, I mean, it's it's inspired me to, you know, take actions in my life in different ways. And, you know, I'm sure it's inspired, uh, inspired my listeners as well. And I hope it inspires your listeners. Yes, absolutely. I think that um, today was a very interesting talk because of that specific idea of getting started on something, even if it feels like the chances are against us. Uh, because mm -hmm. I think that every single person that gets out of prison, they're probably not thinking, oh, I have the perfect opportunity right now 
um, to all, everything is aligned in the way that is going to make it work. A business is going to work out right now. And I don't think they probably have that mentality, but if they get started, then the things start working out. And it's sort of that resilience and that determination mm-hmm. mindset that is setting them up to success. And so thank you so much for coming onto Unwarring Minds today and sharing all of this, because I think that it is very inspiring and very important to know, hey, like today is the right day to get started. So thank you. And to the listeners, I'll see you next time.